Welcome to the Write It Down podcast, at home edition. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Today's a little different. My dad, Tim Murata, took over and interviewed me about a recent trip I took down to prison in Miami, Florida. I'm super excited to share some of these stories with you guys, and I'm really thrilled that my dad got to host me on my podcast. It was a very special moment, and I know you guys are going to enjoy. So sit back, relax, and get your pens ready, because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the podcast today. Today we have with us special guest, Brooke Murata. Brooke's been away for several months. We just wanted to catch up with you and see what you've been up to. Um, I know that you've had some travels over the summer. You've had some tra- travels beginning here of the fall. What have you been up to? Well, if you guys follow me on social media, it looks like I don't have a life in my hometown. Um, but the way you made it sound is like she hasn't been with us for a long time. Well, it's been a while. It has been a while. Um, I feel like my most exciting adventure, like the most like jaw-dropping, like gets a reaction out of people, is the, um, the fact that I went to Australia this summer. Um, I actually had a friend recently ask me if she should go on her honeymoon there. And I said no, because it's such an adventure. Like Australia is so spread apart. So you, it's not like Europe where you can hop on a train and just go to a different country or like be on the the coast. Like it's very much so like you have to take a plane to get to each city, whether it's a 50 minute plane ride or a 30 minute plane ride. So that was like a little tricky and you're go, go, go. And plus, if you're on the opposite side of the world, you're like, I might as well. That, how many times did I call you and say, hey, I think I'm going to go to Melbourne, Australia. It's a $150 flight. He's like, you're you're already over there. You might as well. So it was very much like that was an adventure in itself. We stayed in a really cool hostel that was more like a hotel. Um, so it was like a little more cost effective once you got over there. But the flights were a little pricey. Uh, did San Diego twice in the last couple months. Cool. I could move to San Diego. Um, it's beautiful. It was expensive. Gas like six dollars for regular, and here in Florida we complain about three o five. So, um, and then I'm trying to think. I I went to uh, London and Amsterdam. Amsterdam was cool. I have some friends um, that live in the Netherlands, and I met them here in America about seven years ago. So it was neat to be able to go see like their neck of the woods, whereas like here I showed them around New Smyrna. <laughs> But they don't know any different. Like, right. we're like, New Smyrna, it's like, um, it's low-key Daytona and trashy, but it's a good time. Um, but they, it was cool because my friend, she works at um, a really high-end diamond store, and she put over $400,000 worth of diamonds on my hand. Nice. Which is like, I sell houses for that amount. Right. So it was like, that was neat. Um, but I was like, I didn't show her around any diamond stores. I took her to the garlic, I think. So, um, that was really neat to see her neck of the woods. And then, um, yeah, I came home. Um, and then right after that, I had to leave for San Diego to do more podcasts, which you guys will see those, um, coming soon. And so wild times. And then I landed and two days later I was off to South Florida. So, so I want to go back to this most recent trip to San Diego, what were you doing out there? And like, why were you out there? Who were you talking to? What was that all about? Um, so I got connected with um, a company called Cali Strong back in April. And they were like, oh, we're, we're throwing an event for Norman Powell. And I was like, oh, Norman Powell's one of my friends. That's so funny. I didn't know you're connected to them. So I went out to that uh, tournament, did some interviews out there, and I met some other people. Um, and out there I met, um, a guy that was on the bachelorette, bachelor in paradise. And then I met another guy who was on a show I watched as a kid, iCarly. 
So I got to meet a lot of connections out there, which is cool. It was kind of like my first stab at like red carpet interviews, like on the spot, um, which traditionally I don't really like more of a reporting interview. It, like it's the only reason why is because I like this setting a lot. Like it doesn't mean I should be versatile in both, but like this setting is more of like relaxed. People are invited in to like kind of grab a cup of coffee and sit down with us. Um, <laughs> Whereas like red carpet is like, okay, you have about 20, 30 seconds to get a really good interview, which I admire people who can do that. Yeah. I just don't know if that's like my gift, but it was cool to, to do that. And then, um, learned a lot from that. And then honestly, I've been in such a like lull with the podcast cause I started in 2019 and then I leave the beginning of 21. I started doing video interviews and so I added an element and then I've just kind of been like, Oh, like everybody has a podcast. Everybody's, you know, kind of doing the same thing. And there's, there's a girl out there and I'm not trying to throw shade, but there's a girl out there that just got really famous from TikTok, and she did a podcast with Drake and they were like laying in bed and Drake made her pop off. So now she's getting all these, like you either love her or you hate her type of thing. Right. Um, so I won't share my opinion, but long story short, um, her interviews have just kind of popped off and we're like, who is this girl? Like she's a 20 something year old girl, um, that just had one person and which I, I know that story too. One person believing in her and kind of launching her, but she's just, she's launched into a space of creativity that I'm not there yet. And so I just was kind of like, should I just be done or should I try to put a little fire, like stoke the fire, so to speak. So uh, my friends are like, you know, maybe you should go out, out to California and get some interviews. Like people are more engaged when you're sitting down like next to somebody in person. It looks more like a production, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it's going to cost more. I've been traveling a lot. I'm probably going to go broke next year. <laughs> like I'm going through all these scenarios of is this responsible? Is this even going to be worth it? And like my measure of something being worth it is if something goes viral, which isn't necessarily true. Um, but when you're when you've been grinding in the industry, that's what makes you feel like that's the next step, right? So you want to be able to monetize. You want companies to reach out to you. I want to be Kim Kardashian. Um, <laughs> but so I was just chatting around and like, no, you just got to do it. So I talked to my roommate and we found a really cheap flight out of Melbourne. Melbourne, if you guys don't know Brevard County, Melbourne Airport is like, it's a gem. It's like Publix versus Walmart. Um, it's like Chick-fil-A versus McDonald's. It's just everything's much more of a pleasure when you're at Melbourne as opposed to Orlando. So I found a flight to San Diego round trip for like 270 bucks. And I was like, and my cousin lives out there. So I was like, all right, this might not be as expensive of a trip to get these interviews done. And then I just kind of hit full send. I reached out to my friend that I met at the tournament, asked him if I could interview him, reached out um, to some other people that weren't able to do it. Um, a couple of people fell through last minute, which happens. And then um, and then Callie Strong hooked me up with another guy, um, the guy from iCarly. And so that right there, I got two really good interviews. I also got to go to Carrie Walsh's um, San Diego volleyball, like, uh, debut for their brand that just came out for pro volleyball the mojo um and yeah so it was super neat again like you never know like where your connections are going to lead you and sometimes if we don't see something instantly we think oh maybe that was a bust and something i've learned early on in this i've only been at it for about four years is that you never know like who leads to who and it doesn't necessarily have to be for your benefit but like 
you can meet people through all like whether they own a foundation or a volleyball team or they were on reality tv and you can just make a friend of a lifetime you might not even like it might not even be about like oh thanks for coming on write it down or you know helping me grow my business it could be like i've made great connections with people and now i have family all around the world yeah for sure so i'm grateful for that but that's the long-winded of why i went out to san diego cool so after you got back from san diego you immediately landed in melbourne spent the night one night right I think two, but yeah, pretty <clears throat> two much. nights and then headed down to Homestead. I really want to hone in on what you were doing down there. Um, why were you down there? Um, you were at prison. What were you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah. Who were you with? All those things like that. So kind of a wild backstory is when I was at the University of Florida, Go Gators, um, I was in a class that taught us how to be on camera. Uh, for lack of a better word. So, like, I took a stab at the weather channel. It's horrible. Like, it's really hard to follow your hands while you're watching yourself and the weather and talk about it and sound like... So, this class was really fun because, you know, my teacher was super great. We were very like-minded with our beliefs. We were very like-minded with, like, the TV industry. So, that was a super unique class. And one day she asked our class, or a few of us in class, to write an article for a magazine. And... You know, I was like, sure, you know, why not? Like, I also was writing at the time for ESPN Gainesville's website. So you got some, some, I say like some, I dabbled in a little bit of sports writing. That's hard. Um, but I was like, why not? Like, I'm a journalism major, you know, or communications major. Why not write an article? And plus the background of the article was something important to me, which is my faith. So it's always been easy for me to write about my faith because that's how I process, hence the name, write it down. So I wrote this article for a magazine called Victorious Living, I want to say in 2016, and never really heard anything of it. I just sent it off to my teacher, and she passed it along. Well, I think it was October 2020, one of like the hardest months that I went through, just with a car accident and some other things in my life. I got an email from someone saying, hey, we found your article from four years ago in the archives. Can we publish it? I was like, sure, like, I don't care. Like, I forgot about, I had forgot about it. It'd been like four years. I was already graduated from college for a couple of years. And then they published it. And then Mr. Pat Avery uh, with the Victoria's Living Magazine called love me up guy. one day. Love that guy. And he was just like, Miss Brooke, I see you got a podcast <laughs> out there. And I was like, yeah. So we talked a little bit about Write It Down. He's like, well, I tell you, like, we got a podcast too. And we stopped, you know, doing these interviews. And, you know, we need someone to step in. Would you would you be interested in doing that? I was like, oh, sure. Like, you know, and like full transparency, like I wasn't in the greatest space mentally, like to conduct these interviews. I feel like I was um, pretty spacey, even in my own interviews, just like I would zone out a lot because I would kind of go dark in the middle of conversation is you know, you remember, like I would just, my eyes would just go blank and you'd be like, who am I talking to? So it was a really big fight at first to do these interviews and something that like, again, I wanted to do it, but like, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't being a polished interviewer. I was just whatever. So did a few of those there and fast forward to this last year, um, to kind of get background with Victoria's Living. Victoria's Living is a magazine in a, for prisons. Uh, they send these magazines to the incarcerated men and women across the United States to give them something to read that's encouraging, give them stories about the Lord, and also just people's past. Like, a lot of these stories in the magazine are formerly incarcerated men and women. And so, um, anyway, so that's kind of the background of Victorious Living. 
And then they started these podcasts, and the podcasts are put on this Pando tablet, which inmates have access to to watch certain things and listen to certain things. So um, these podcasts started being put into, I think we have up to a couple million wow. like views on some of them, which is wild. Um, it's like I can't even get you know a text back on from write it down, but whatever. <laughs> Who's, who cares? But with the Victorious Living, um, again, it's just I've kind of grown into it. And then they asked me this summer if I wanted to get a pin number to go to prison. And I'm like, oh, sure. Like, I'm always down for an adventure, you know. I didn't know what I was agreeing to in the sense of, like, the way that these people would impact me or, oh. like, kind of wreck me, so to speak, in the best way. And so I – um yeah, I went with them this past summer to a reception center, which a reception center is where um, people who have been put in jail are going to, now they've been sentenced to have a prison sentence. And so they go to reception centers to get psyche vows. Um, they get physical examinations. And so they have, um, this is kind of like a landing ground for people who just got their sentence or are coming from different prisons. And, you know, if they're going from the Panhandle to South Florida, they would pass the reception center or so on and so forth. So that was my first um, one. But then this, this tour, Pat has been working on since May. And he asked me before I knew I was going to the Netherlands, before I was knew I was going to San Diego, might have been before I knew I was going to Australia. Because, yeah, because when I came back from Australia, then I went to San Diego, then I came home, then I went to North Carolina, then I came home, <laughs> then I went to the Netherlands, then I came home, then I went to San Diego, all between this and July. So I had known that it was coming up, but I wasn't, like, preparing, preparing for it because I've just been crazy. So um, I was like, sure. So this, this tour, uh, I came home from San Diego this last time. I had two nights in my room. All the while in October, I moved. So this is just like, I think I've spent a total of like 14 nights in my new place in the last two months, but whatever. Um, so with the prison tour, we went in on Thursday um, at 7.30 a.m. And I got out around 7.30 p.m. at night. We it's took a like day. Yeah, we took like an hour lunch break. Um, but yeah, so that's what we were doing down there. We came down to South Florida to hit up a few of those um, like... Miami-Dade, we hit up South Florida Reception Center, Everglades. We kind of split up. But, yeah, I think between both groups, we got to about four different prisons. So can you tell me a little bit about the – is it called a Pando app? Yeah. Pando. So is it a device? Is it? It's a tablet. So it's a tablet that they can only get the messages that – Are approved. Uh, that are approved from, from the prison system. So it can be movies and shows or just religious yes. material? So they are allowed to – I found this out. They are allowed to watch certain – Things. I don't know exactly what, like, you know, the the prison system is, again, I don't know a ton as much as some of my friends in the ministry or people who were formerly incarcerated would know. But, um, yeah, they have a lot, and I hate to say it like this because it sounds like ignorant in a sense, but they have a lot more freedom than we think. Like, I thought they would just have to stare at a wall and just, like, right on the wall right because all we have really is like movies and tv to kind of inform us um but there was a lot of things i saw in real life that reminded me of some like criminal investigation shows or like you know shows where you see corrupt guards and and like mm -hmm. that's a huge deal and uh, in, in florida not in florida in prisons in particular um so yeah it was um 
the Pando like tablet, they have access to different resources. There's other prison ministries on there. I think there are shows and movies. I, I, I can't remember, but I know they're not allowed to just watch everything that we can watch. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, and then their chapels in prison are, um, they can go to Muslim services, they can go to Hindu services, they go to Christian services. So the chapel offers a place for all different, you know, like religions and um, backgrounds. So yeah, but the app or the the tablets themselves, um, from what I understand, have been legalized throughout the United States, but Florida was one of the last to get on board in the last four to five years, from what I have heard so I'm sure Victorious Living had to go through some sort of process to get approved and everything yes they like have that. to get approved and I believe it cost them four thousand dollars a month to be on those apps wow yeah wow. so it's not like it's it's a big deal so like again not to like plug but to plug you know if you give to these organizations and these ministries like the money is going to work it's you know it's a very active ministry like that not only are they flying to get places so that they can be the hands and feet, but they also are spending money trying to reach every ear, every eye in those prison systems. So, I mean, $4,000 a month, I mean, that's what, almost 50 grand a year? Yeah. Just just to be on the app, not all the other expenses that are, you know, taking place in a ministry like that. So you were telling me kind of, you guys are victorious living and um, everybody that's involved kind of a little bit of um, celebrity inside the prisons. Yeah. Uh, so you get to the prisons, you see posters that you guys are yeah, oh coming. Yeah. Yes. Are you on the poster? Yes, I'm on the poster. <laughs> My last name's spelled wrong, so that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so when we got there, you know, the first time I went to prison over the summer, someone came up to me and said, I've been listening to you since Orange County Jail. Mm. And I was like, whoa. Like... You know, you and I talk about this a lot in all aspects of our life, whether it's with Trinity Fitness, with Write It Down, with, you know, our, our workplace, that whether it's 2 or 20, it matters. Yeah. And I think in that moment, that I, that really stood out to me, that concept, because I was like, I don't know who you are. Like, I when I agreed to come and do these podcasts, like, I wasn't even in the best place. And so you're in a really tough spot and you know the sound of my voice you know my name you know the things I've talked about and like you know I just like wake up put my makeup on do the podcast for 30 minutes to an hour I move on with my day I just send it off to the ministry not that I'm flipping about it but I don't think like that I don't think that someone's going to come up to me in a you know a few months and be like hey I've been listening to you thank you so much blah blah, blah. and Christy Christy Overton Johnson she's um a world champion you know wakeboard and water skier um she is the head of this ministry i mean and when she walks in there people are like christy oh my gosh and you know they love her you know and you know she puts videos up there all the time she went to israel recently and took the prison with her so she put videos on the pando app to the holy land and one of the ladies at the women's prison said to her thank you for taking us to israel this summer (laughs) And so that was super cool because, you know, we walk, it's, it's very similar to like a mission trip. Like when I went to the Philippines a couple of times in, in school, like that was a different because when I went up there to talk about the Lord, there's like 3000 kids 
you know, from all over, you know, schools or, you know, 1,000 to 3,000 people in the crowd, whatever it is. And I'm sure Bobby Tebow had way more at times. But you're up there and you're like, I'm on a stage, I'm telling you, whatever. And then afterwards people, like, want your autograph and, like, they, (laughs) you know, want to touch you and hug you. Well, it's the same thing in the prison. Even though there's only, like, 60 or 70 people sometimes in chapel, which I think we've been up, you know, higher in the hundreds or two hundreds in one of our chapel services – you know, they come up to you and they're like, kind of an autograph. And you're like, there's nothing like different between us. You know, like, I I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong way to think and an immature way of thinking. But like when you meet a celebrity and get an autograph, there's a big difference between you and celebrity, right? You're like, you have millions of dollars. You have Porsches. You have Lambos. You have houses and whatever. And you've done something great, right? You've done something super potentially great in your industry when you're in prison and you're just like, I just wake up every single day, you brush my teeth, go to work, blue collar, whatever, and you want my autograph, that was also a really weird thing to, yeah. to process. Like, why do you want, why do I matter that much to you? Is it because I'm in the free world? Yeah. Is it because, you know, there's a level of, I am behind a screen for you, so you have it, I don't know. So that was like a weird thing for myself to process because like, you know, when I started this industry of like doing interviews, I'm like, surely people are gonna want my autograph on the red carpet. <laughs> it's like, you know, people want my autograph in prison or the <clears throat> Philippines. So yeah, it, it's a very unique uh, experience. I don't think I could ever do it justice. Like I think you would just have to go. We're gonna take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. You met a lady. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> you met a lady in the, in the prison ministry. Um, no, I'm sorry. In the prison. <sighs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> that it was kind of a really neat experience. And just want to set it up for the listener. Um this is at the, you're at the women's, women's prison prison in Homestead, Florida. Yes. You told me when you walk in there, it's different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the women's prison, let me tell you, women are domestic. I don't care what, you know, I'm sorry if you're a feminist out there. These girls be taking care of their place. <laughs> Like, you go into a men's prison, you're like, this is the jungle. These people are animals. You know? um, It's a boys' locker room. Yeah, it's a boys' locker room. That's a very good way of putting it. You're just kind of like, the things you see men do. Yeah. Junk hanging out. Yeah, junk hanging out. They're touching themselves as you're talking. It's like... Messed up hair. Oh. No teeth. No teeth. They smell. Bad breath. Bad breath. Yeah. You go On and and on and on. Yes. Right? So we go to the women's prison, which is like a stone's throw away from the men's prison. And it took us forever to get inside. Forever. I mean, we had to go buy twos, which is normal. But, like, they inspected all of our magazines. They opened every single page to make sure we weren't hiding anything. The men's prison, you put it on the conveyor belt. They're like, nothing's in there. Go ahead. 
this was like they patted us down they were rubbing us to make sure there's nothing in our crevices um whatever so um my friend and i were in the going through the security process and we are the last there was three of us there was one outside still and then there was us two inside and then the rest of our team was in the chapel Mm -hmm. so we had already been we're probably a good 30 minutes behind the rest of our team and so my friend and i are walking through the prison and there's flowers planted the it looks like streets of gold you know the trees are groomed like you could smell their bar soap you know they're very clean um and sorry to steal your thunder, but I'll just go right into the story. But my friend and I were walking and we see this beautiful woman. I mean, she had a smile that would light up this planet, like just bright. She had a little bit of lipstick on and mascara because ladies can buy some makeup at the canteen. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's just smiling at us. And again, because I know the prison blues are not scrubs, I knew she was an inmate. But if she would have been my first prison, I, I would have swore she was like the guidance counselor. She had just such a like warm spirit about her, super sweet lady. And she was talking to my friend and I saying, hey, um, you know, I have a visitor coming. She doesn't look like me. This lady was a black lady and the woman visiting her was this like 90 year old white woman. And we had seen her outside. Mm-hmm. She's like, this lady doesn't look like me, but sometimes your family are people who don't look like you and never will. And she was like, she took me under her wing eight years ago. She's been writing me letters, but this is my first visitor, like in-person visitor. To which I said, okay, how long have you been here? And she says, 22 years. And I was like, like I was five or six, you know? (laughs) And, And then I said, well, how long are you here? And she's like, for life. And then she starts crying, and her lip starts quivering. It's going to make me tear up, but I'm going to keep it together for the podcast. And I was like, oh. And she's like, you know, um, I suffered from postpartum psychosis, and I killed my baby. And I'm like, like, I can't even breathe, like, at this point. I mean, I'm trying to hold it together. Like, I'm so taken back. I just start crying. She's crying, and she was like, not only did I kill my baby, but I stabbed myself all over trying to kill myself. I had a huge mental break, and you just felt like so much weight because you're like, you know, I've seen shows. I've met women that have had horrible postpartum depression. You know, um, psychosis of the mind is a real thing. Like, you're not yourself. I know that I, like... And looking back in, like, some of my darker days, like, there are days you wake up and you're like, where the did my brain go? Mm. Like, why can't I operate like I used to? Why can't I, like, why does my brain want to do something that is not normal or ethical? And, you know, she told me that when she first got to prison, you know, she would go to chapel and she'd kind of, like, raise her hands and open an eye or, you know, do an altar call, whatever, just kind of get it settled, whatever. And she's like, it wasn't until like 20, I think she said 15 or 16 that she really met Jesus and was like, and she like looked at me crying and she's like, he forgives me. Mm. And then she's like, and I forgive me. And I'm like, 
oh my god like I just had so many thoughts in my head I thought of my sister I thought of you know my sister having postpartum I thought of you know one of my trusted counselors in my life having postpartum you know you've had friends that have had you know postpartum depression or they got crazy after they had a kid or whatever and you're like the only difference is that these people didn't act on it Mm -hmm. and then you look at like thank you God by God's grace these people didn't act on it but also by God's grace like he's keeping her too you know and she lost her whole family because you know she lost her spouse she lost everybody else in her life because for all they know she they just think she's got jailhouse religion and she's just trying to get out but I can tell you the minute I met her and didn't know her story that she had Jesus from head to you toe. See it in her eyes. Oh, in her eyes and her smile. Like I'll never her face, like the whole rest of the time, because I had to go into the chapel and like be on quote unquote an interview. My friend was in the crowd and she's like, You just didn't even look as focused as you've been this whole trip. And I was like, I can't stop thinking of this lady. Like I she was just etched in my mind. She'll be etched etched in my mind forever. And then afterwards she came in, she showed us a picture that her visitor left and they got a picture together. The mm-hmm. prison uh, gave her a copy of a photo so she could have it. You know, she went on to tell me that, you know, she prays over everything in the prison. She helps women that are coming into the prison that are shattered because now they have a life sentence and they're coping and they're having to have it. We thought the pandemic was a new normal for us. Try a new normal in prison. That's your new normal forever. Like, you know, people raise their hands. They got kids at home. They got, you know, exes at home, whatever. <clears throat> and yeah, this lady, she, she teaches yoga. She <laughs> teaches Pilates. She teaches <laughs> fitness classes. She wakes up really early to get her hygiene started. Like she is creating a life for herself inside of prison. And again, she hopes that God will give her a miracle and release her. And, and he might, and I hope he does, but we also, that's not the hope we're going in to preach, that the walls of the prison are going to be turned down and they're going to be out there, you know, before you know it, yeah. you know, that might not be the case. And so, yeah, she was, yeah, you definitely, oh, and the other thing that, oh, this will make me tear up even now and then I'll land the plane. But she looked at me and she said, you know, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. Which is, if you guys don't know, it's um, a scripture verse that Jesus said. And, you know, he commends us, like, not to forget the prisoner, not to forget the widow, not to forget the orphan, not to forget, you know, the least of these. Because, again, when I'm hobnobbing in California, it's easy to forget about them. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and again, not that California and money and shopping and getting your nails done are bad things. I'm not saying that at all because Lord knows I put a Prada on my Christmas list every year. But when she looked at me and said that, she's like, you're doing what Jesus asked us to do, which is to come visit him. And when she made it personal like that, I was like, shut the dang door, girl. Mm -hmm. Like I'm about, you can't be, you've been throwing all this stuff on me the last hour and I'm not, not physically ready for all this. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, she was a special lady. So, yeah, and I think that's the thing, um, because especially those that live our lives, you know, by the law and, you know, yeah, and, and try to do all those things, you know, in society that 
we're supposed to do to each other, you know, and not do the things that we're not supposed to do to each other and things yeah. of that nature that, you know, we, you know, we believe those people should be in prison. Yeah. And yeah, they should be locked away and put away after she killed her baby and everything like that. But I think what's cool is that God still reaches down to her yep. and still met her where she's at. And then all she did was receive the love and grace that God was extending to her. 100%. And then to be able to um, forgive herself is another level. Oh. And I think that's another thing, again, a topic for another day. But to be able to forgive yourself is huge as well. Because we're all we're all fallible people. We all make mistakes and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so appreciate you sharing all those stories with us. Yeah. Um, it took you a long time. I'm to, so sorry. One last thing you. I wanted to say is... God is not like a respecter of persons in the sense of like he doesn't show favoritism and that's a hard thing for us. I mean, we are all God's favorites, but we're all equal, right? And so I think that's the other thing too and something I want to drill home is, you know, people, you do reap what you sow, right? You know, if you're, if you are sowing seeds of greed and murder and those things, you're going to reap the consequences you're going to reap that but it's not like karma in the sense right. of you're you're gonna the universe is out to get you and something too i want to be careful of is you know people will be like oh brooke you know you're so good that's why you get to do all these things mm-hmm. and when this made me cry but when i looked at that lady i'm like we're the same 100 mm-hmm. percent. like you and i are the same i might not have done that you know by the grace of god um but it's not because God delights in me more than he delights in her. And that's like a, that's a concept too, that we could unpack on another day. But it's just, I want to be very careful not to, to ever sound like I'm gloating or I'm a do-gooder. And that's why these things happen for me. It is merely by God's grace that I wasn't checked into an institution two years ago. And, you know, I didn't do something really, really bad because I was close to it. And so it was a very sobering moment to be like, I had a mental break too. And there were times where I wanted to kill myself and this lady just acted on it towards her daughter. And so I I just want to be careful not to ever sound like because our family does good things, that's why God has blessed us. He's blessed us because he's good, Mm -hmm. not because we're good. So that's probably my write it down if you're ever going to (laughs) ask. Well, I was going to ask you, (laughs) what is your write it down? But how about a few rapid fire questions as we close? Yeah. All right, so over the past year, you've been uh, you've been to almost every corner of the planet. Yeah, it's fun. Can you briefly briefly share maybe what your your favorite place was that you visited in this past year? Yeah, I still think one of my favorites is London. It's so posh. <laughs> so stupid. I like London because people treat you like royalty. Yeah. Because they have a monarchy. You know you live in Melbourne and you're from Palm Bay. I know. I'm from Palm Bay. I know. Um, Yeah, it's dress for the job you want. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, probably London. The shopping's great. Food's not that great, but you can get anywhere with good food. Um, Yeah, huge fan of London. But then domestically, it's now a tie between Nashville and San Diego. Favorite Christmas gift you've ever received? Well, you know, I gave you crap for giving me one of these mics one year. <laughs> See? Because I was like, 
dad doesn't get it. I have a studio, blah, 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 blah. But he was just preparing me for this day. Uh, favorite Christmas gift, though, I probably ever received. Um, honestly, it's pretty simple. I ask for perfume every year, and I have this really crazy bougie collection. I probably have a couple grand worth of perfume in my house and perfume because I think that it's um, it's kind of like a picture without a frame. Like, I think your outfit is incomplete if you don't smell good with it. Put a little bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, your favorite parent. <laughs> By blood. <laughs> That's hard. You know, you can aggravate me a lot, um, probably because we're so similar, but you're also just like... No, you're just like your mother. No. 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 Yes. No. You are, everything that's no. wrong with you is just like No. You, no. You, all dads across the board are the same. Like every culture I've ever visited, all dads say the stupidest thing. So for those of you that just think the uh, middle-aged American dad has something <laughs> wrong with them, it's dads in every culture because I've met dads from Denmark and London and Australia. They all say the same things. Oh. And it's not just dad jokes. You're funny. You're funny, but you also don't know how to read the room. Oh. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, this, these, you know, middle-aged Americans, I just don't know what they're talking about. No, just go travel. Get out of the box a little bit. They're the same across the board. And the things they say make you want to bury your head in the sand like an ostrich. So, and then with mom... Mom doesn't listen to my stories and that hurts my feelings. So I would say both of you guys suck. <laughs> well, we've just sat here like over an hour listening. To I your know your stupid stories. But anyways, we want to thank you again for tuning into the Write It Down podcast. Uh, this is being recorded right before Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy thank birthday, you. Dad. Birthday one. And thanks, sure. for, thanks for supporting uh, Brooke all these years. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to Woodpod. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.